It's Tuesday, May 26th, 2020. I hope you all had a great Memorial Day yesterday. And thanks for joining us here on Small Business Weekly. We're broadcasting from the city of San Fernando in uh, Southern California. I'm Tom Ross, your guide through the new normal. Today's show is titled The Arc of Your Business. It's not COVID. Now that I got that out of the way and remembered the name of my host, it's Oscar Edwards today. And uh, as you know from the title, this is a business show. And here we're going to try to focus on uh, advice and uh, techniques and help for businesses, not just because of COVID, but things are going to help you in your business moving forward and various things. We are a little hyper-local. We're based out of San Fernando, so we want to focus on things that are going to help some of the small businesses. I like to call them micro-businesses because their categorization is definitely on the small side. But, uh, Oscar, uh, thanks for being with me today. Um, and I were, it was like two days ago I was thinking about this, and I remembered, because I had, it's been a long time, but you were one of the teachers in my uh, Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business class. I was cohort three, and you were one of the 10 faculty that were... Uh, helping guide us through our little program. You remember that? Absolutely, Tom. Yeah, that Cohort was three. That was a great, great experience. Yes, it's been a great journey. Yeah, and uh, so you've been uh, uh, doing business consulting for quite a while, right? Yeah, uh, more than 10 years uh, in the current practice, and prior to that, uh, affiliated with a number of other consulting uh, practices, so probably a total of about 25 years. Yeah, that's that's some experience. So what are you doing before that, though? I don't really know, actually. <laughs> well, before that, I started um, as a management consultant out of graduate school, uh, the Anderson School of Management at UCLA, uh, the MBA program. I came out of that. I went in business with an economist at UCLA who had a practice and uh, basically... Um, after being recruited by a number of large corporations, um, he recruited me from inside the program mm-hmm. uh, to run. Uh, while he went on sabbatical, oh, okay. <laughs> so I got thrown in the fire uh, pretty early in my life, and um, working with uh, small businesses and doing research for governmental agencies. Uh, Department of Justice, Ford Foundation, uh, and uh, working with municipalities, cities, and counties initially, uh, consulting on economic development mm-hmm. uh, throughout Southern California. Well, you said something there just now that was uh, consulting. You said something now that was pretty telling, I think, which is uh, you were thrown into the fire, and uh, I was thrown in the fire. Isn't that kind of the what you have to expect as a small business? I mean, isn't every day like that? <laughs> yeah, every every day is like that. And uh, that's how I started my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Is I didn't really go the corporate directly into a small business operation. Right. And uh, was tasked 
with some, I did have managerial training, more textbook type training, uh, but I was tasked with running an organization early on without much experience. Well, that's pretty telling though about how, uh, you know, how much you can learn by just being in the seat. Mm-hmm. That is a correct observation. Well, just by being in the seat. Well, and it, I think that segues nicely into what we're going through right now, which is a lot of times, you know, our perceptions of what the problems are that our business face can get sort of blown up, you might say, by stuff like coronavirus, for example. I mean, mm -hmm. how many small businesses? Uh, expected that they would live through a pandemic and have to figure out how to continue their business during that kind of a, a debacle. I mean, obviously, we've never seen anything like this before. No, we've never seen anything like this before. Uh, in my lifetime, uh, at least as a business owner. Um, so this is uh, unique in terms of this whole stoppage and trying to get restarted and reopened. Uh, it's unique in the sense that it's global, and I'm not just saying global because it is around the globe, but it's global in terms of our domestic operations. Uh, everything has been affected. Uh, so we have integrated uh, restart. Right, because you can't start one without the other. Mm -hmm. You can't start a business or restart a business without uh, employees, and you can't uh, serve customers without having employees, and you can't um, grow your uh, revenue and sales base uh, without having customers. So it's a totally intertwined effort to get back on track. Yeah, and it's very easy to lose. I don't want to say lose the customer, but it's easy to uh, be in a position where the customer just can't uh, either afford or reach you. You know, it's it's very interesting. Um, you know, I from it's what a, I, it's a different time. I mean, the reality is that all of us. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, please. You're the guest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, the reality is that uh, not only are we business owners providing a service, we're also customers ourselves. So we are experiencing what, whatever purchases as a uh, business owner or as a uh, individual customer in our own homes, uh, we can't reach somebody yeah. that we need to reach in order to acquire a good or service. So it's a universal um, challenge and it takes uh, everyone to pull together uh, to, to reboot this this whole situation. Yeah. But just you know, but you know, we've had challenges before, whether it's individually in your in your own business or in the economy. Um, that's not new, but the universal nature of this, yes, <laughs> totally pervasive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that creates a fear that might at some point stifle. Uh, creativity. I mean, you sent me a really neat PowerPoint before we started, and mm -hmm. what I liked was sort of this um, 
uh, grid breakdown of an analysis of the of what we're facing and you know a scenario of a panic attack recurring nightmare close call brave new reality i mean those kind of scenarios are a lot of times based on how we feel about what's happening to us as you know individuals but then as businesses if i consider uh covid a panic attack i may not be as effective as if i thought it was a close call or a brave new reality you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh i think more than anything is understanding that whatever station we're at in life or in our business operations uh you have to have a starting point which we call a baseline right mm -hmm. and then you have to look at the different paths. It's as if we're traveling across the country and, and we come to this intersection. Of course, we're not in the middle of nowhere, but there are three different paths we can take. And we have to look at the context of the situation in terms of the resources we have available. We're traveling with a family and we're on the road. And uh, along each path, how far do we have to go before we have to restock? Do we have enough in stock to make it that far? You got one, two, or three choices. One down one path, maybe a storm ahead. The other path, you know, uh, may have had uh, some other events. Mm -hmm. So you got to figure out, you have to assess your environment internally and externally. Those things don't change. It's just that it becomes more uh, intensified mm -hmm. and acute. Mm -hmm. But it, the processes do not change in an emergency setting. It's just that they're compressed, mm -hmm. right? We, we compress, we still have to think about what resources we have. That's why you have the concept of a triage, right? Mm -hmm. You're in an emergency, right? So I've, I've, I've handled emergency communications, right? So you have to triage your events, the most urgent, the most critical that need to be addressed right now. Yeah, That's what we're doing. but. At the same time, you don't forsake the next two or three steps that you need to take. Right. You recognize them and you prioritize them. But you don't think, you don't not think about them. You still have to think about them. You're just going to rank the most critical and the must do right now. Those are the ones I start with at the beginning of the day. Now, after I deliver and address those for a while, then I go revisit steps two and three that still have to have some momentum for me to make a turn. If you don't, what happens? If you don't, if you address all you, your immediate emergency situations, it only takes you to that edge of the day. Right. So what's next? Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, in prep for this, you mentioned something to me or it might have been one of our conversations, uh, you know, a while ago. But I, I really like what you said about having the base—not just the baseline, but the goal. Where is the business w going to be? It's like uh, you said when your cross-country trip. You come to an intersection, but you still know that you're driving to Cleveland. That's right. You're just because you come to an intersection with four ways to go doesn't mean suddenly you're going to you know new mexico your your job is to go to cleveland 
And the question is, if I'm a, a small restaurant, what is my goal, you know, five years from now? Because right. five years from now, COVID's not going to be an issue. It's going to be something we went through. That's right. And it's easy in the moment to think that this is it, you know, the end is near. Right. That's right. But the, the reality is this is going to go away. We've just got to take a deep breath and focus, like you said, on those essentials. Where, where's my hierarchy of needs, so to speak, mm -hmm. in, in what we're doing? That's absolutely correct. And so the, the framework really is, again, it doesn't change, right? You have a goal, you have objectives. The only difference is you have to compress them into about three blocks. Mm -hmm. And the first block is what we said, what's must do today, right? So you have resources for that. Then you say that the next uh, down the road, let's only look uh, four to six weeks down the road mm -hmm. at a time. Some folks don't even think like that right now in this kind of environment. They're just getting up every morning and doing what they can that day. Right. Well, if you keep doing that, you're, you're going to come to the edge of something and the event is going to be over. Mm -hmm. COVID's going to be over. But you have not passed beyond COVID. Mm -hmm. You've allowed COVID to compress and color your whole outlook of life. You have you you won't have a vision going forward. Yeah, you don't want this to be the thing that you blame for everything for the next twenty years. Right. So in order to to not fall into that trap, we do have to, as you mentioned earlier, have that big goal still out in front of us, even though the route we take may not be the the original route that we had conceived before COVID. Uh, and so. That's really our discussion, and, and right. that changes, you know, in terms of industry, in terms of the size of your firm, in terms of geography where you're located. Uh, all those things are going to impact. So, how do you keep track of that? What would be your question, Tom, to to me, mm -hmm. in terms of how do I start, or where do I start? What would be your first in your business? What would be the first? question that would come to mind that you feel you need to address well what i I'll, i can only tell you what i did mm -hmm. and uh and i think this is a it, it for me gave me some grounding which was okay i look at this as an opportunity to suddenly have the time i always say I'm going to make to do some things within the business itself to improve it. Mm -hmm. So in other words, uh, I'm in a competitive environment. What's going to differentiate my company from the competition now and when COVID's over? So mm -hmm. let's do those upgrades. Let's do those webinars. Let's do those trainings. Let's, uh, uh, clean up that back room we always wanted to clean up let's get rid of that garbage we've got let's um replace that old thing some of these things were uh already purchased but never installed you know how you 
Mm -hmm. You make an investment and you can never get that Framus installed in the back room. And um, that's something that we looked for as the first thing we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The question then became, should we contact our customers? You know, uh, and Mm -hmm. I guess that would be my question to you is how best to, you know, what happens to the customer relationship during something like this? And how do you feel that, you know? Yeah, well, I I think, again, the customer relationship should already be something that you work on every day, but it's intensified now because of the disruption, right? Yeah. So you accelerate everything that you know in terms of your customer touch touch points, right? Mm -hmm. You you communicate in all ways. uh, If you have a database or you have a social media platform that gives you access to your customers, your messaging, your frequency increases. Mm-hmm. Remember the share of mind, what we call share of mind or equity, comes from frequency of message. The more frequent that you send a favorable message to an audience, the more share of mind that they're going to have, even more so in a crisis and conflicting moment. Mm-hmm. That's why when in an emergency situation, let's say we have an accident and someone's on the side of the road and they're bleeding and the paramedics are coming. Mm-hmm. If you notice the paramedics, there's always someone, even though it's a traumatic situation, talking to the patient, the injured, ensuring them frequently positive things, going to be all right, we're working on it, we're going to get you there, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. It share of mind. Right in an emergency situation on positive outcomes mm-hmm. can save a person's life, yeah, including this, your, your customer. Yeah, and this, that, you can extrapolate that and just saying that the customer feels comforted knowing that you're there even though they don't need you today. Correct. Yeah. yeah you want to do that. You want to, you particularly in this kind, type of environment because uncertainty breeds, you know, uh, indecision, uh, it breeds, you know, the, the depression, I mean, all these things start kicking in on your customer as it does on you as a business owner. So you have empathy yeah. for your customer. You don't want to become the, you don't want the business to become the victim because that no. doesn't look good to the customer who is the victim. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So you want to be a leader as we talked about in the 10K program, 10,000 Small Business Program all the time, throughout all those 10 modules you took. Yeah. You are a leader by the virtue that you are providing services to a broad... Yeah, say that again. You I, are you, the leader. You, you, you cut out are for the a influencer. quick second. You cut out a quick second. Say that one more time. Okay. You are the leader, as we talked about in the 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Every business owner is a leader by virtue that they are communicating and influencing a broad sector of the community, which is their customer base. Mm-hmm. That makes you a leader. You're an influencer. So you don't need to be an influencer uh, singing the blues. <laughs> you need to be an influencer of hope, of prosperity through this. And we're your partner. Mm-hmm. We're not some foreign enemy. We're your partner. Yeah, because okay? as everybody likes to say, we're all in this together. We're all in this together, but but 
the the practice of being in it together is reaching out and touching one, mm-hmm. sharing one, uh, resourcing with one. Now we're in it together. So that's how you make it. So you do that with your customers by offering, even if they don't need it, just letting them know yeah. that I have the ability to do the following. Yeah, you I know, am that, that leadership message is something I think that gets lost on some businesses. Um, you know, the bridal shop, the dress shop, the small mm-hmm. retailer. You know, these people spend so much time in the trenches where, you know, the business owner, uh, their daughter or their son works with them. They might have one other employee. They might not feel like they're a leader, so to speak. But you're 100% correct. They are because the people who walk into the store see them as someone who's accomplished something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And taking on that mantle is really part of the responsibility of a of a connected uh, citizen of the business community, so to speak. Yes. Now, that that's critical. And I think, you know, just as a part of my background, uh, after my general con- consulting experience initially, um, my partner and I, we uh, bought into an opportunity of ownership of a newspaper. This is when newspapers were very powerful, right? <laughs> right. Back in <laughs> the day. Newspaper-based. And so that was my introduction into the field of communication, which then led uh, into starting a media agency uh, in communications, which dealt with uh, companies, but largely uh, in the entertainment sector and also uh, in the public sector with uh, communi- uh, transit properties across the country so doing in doing we learned a lot about the influence of communication we learned a lot about partnering with small businesses and sharing uh, communication practices and the things that we learned is basically what I was saying with you the the critical if you have three points that you can uh, share with someone and repeatedly influence and back up with a demonstration or action you're going to gain so much equity or, or share of mine as a brand partner in your marketplace. It's just unimaginable, the return. So here's, here's a question for you. I mean, does uh, the, a lot of folks, I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You cut out there, so I just dove in. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. So having you know worked both at the sort of higher end of media marketing and the lower end, um, how much of those kind of uh, social media, uh, uh, marketing, um, um, brand um, theories and practices make sense for a really small business? They make sense for a business and they make sense down to the individual person. Meaning that everyone has a brand, whether they recognize it or not. A brand is what you communicate, what you represent in value. So if and Tom, you come out and provide a service for me, and every time you come out and provide that service, your team is uh, smiling, you're, you're congenial, you guys uh, uh, prep before you do the work, you do the work, 
You have the courtesies after you finish the work, everything's clean and neat. You have established a brand. Tom Ross's company has established a brand. You haven't even talked to the customer directly. That's your team. Yeah. But it's your company. It's your you're on the face, you're the face of the company, the name of the company. So you have established a brand. We can't minimize. Now, you're doing that on a personal touch basis. You can you take the same brand and you communicate it in terms of words, in terms of uh, graphics and visuals, and you continue to message that. The frequency of messaging is what resonates what we call share of mind or equity of mind of a brand when one comes to think about a certain need that I have. Which brand is going to be top of mind? Mm -hmm. And even a small business can do that in a community. For example, uh, uh, a small deli. If that deli delivers every time, first I got a maybe I got a flyer. I heard about it on the radio or some social media post. I went and tried the deli. Their their sandwiches are delicious. Their service is great. I try them again, I try them again. Everything is consistent. Mm -hmm. That messaging, as it spreads personally, customer by customer, but that can be captured and spread through social media and other communication vehicles. Mm -hmm. That's, it has value. Now, we're not saying you got to go out and spend a bungle of dollars in general, but whatever dollars you spend and whatever time you spend on a professional level or social level, whether it's with the chamber, rotary, Toastmasters, or whether you're uh, involved in your church, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you carry that brand with you and you continue to message it, even on a low-touch and low-cost basis. It's going to yield returns. Right. We're human. <laughs> well, we like what we like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, And the other thing I like about what you just said is that building a brand isn't necessarily an expensive endeavor. It, what it really means no. is doing what you set out to do uh, with a with pride and with some modicum of excellence. Yes, and you're right. And just by virtue of executing on what you intended to do, you could build word of mouth so strong that other people will build your brand for you, um, and that's sort of the miracle of social media. That is, that is the extension of social media. Social media is not a strategy. Right. Social media is a tool that is a tactical application. So what I'm saying is social media or any media is not going to help you if you don't have a clearly thought out and executed uh, value proposition. Wow. Your brand. Wow. You, you, and, and translate that into a consistent message. No, that's that's uh, uh, very interesting that you mentioned that because I can't tell you how many times because I'm in technology. You know that we we've done mm -hmm. websites, we've done things uh, to help people, and we constantly get the question about social media st strategies. Mm -hmm. And the conversation with me always ends up turning around to, well, what else are you doing? And you just made me realize the fact that they need a 
a strategy and social media has to be a part of it. Correct. Not the strategy. No. And, and that's the way social media, a lot of social media, they call social media strategists are positioning themselves. Yeah. But they don't really, what you'll find is a lot of social media strategists don't really understand marketing. Because mm -hmm. they, they're, they're executional people. Right. So, so you got to build a strategy that has a foundation in terms of just where we started. What's your goal? Uh, you know, what's your messaging? What position do you want to end up with in, in the eyes and in the mind of an audience? That's a science that you got to work at that level first. Mm -hmm. And then there's a framework for that. Yeah. Yeah. And all these other uh, media executions are tools to fulfill the global strategy that you've laid out. And remember, by definition, Tom, that strategy is nothing more than where I'm going to spend my resources. Yeah. Right. So wherever when you collectively put together all your activities, however you spend your money dictates if you invest in vehicles that go after this audience. But if you don't know who your audience are, you're kind of wasting a lot of money, right? Yeah. You're, you're, if you haven't figured out who your customer really is. Yeah, you're throwing a wide net. and uh, if, Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's a wide net. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the struggles we've had as a company. Not it's about targeting. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about that. Well, one of the struggles we've had is that we're very local. We're an mm -hmm. internet service provider, but we're a wireless okay. one. Okay. So what that means is that my uh, customer base is geographically, you know, rooted so that if I were to buy an ad on a radio station, for example, somebody in, you know, downtown L.A. would hear about it, think it's great, call me, and then I'd have to say no. And what I need to do is target or get to the people who are local and amazingly enough those people the best way i've found to get to them is simply by doing a good job because they tell everybody else mm -hmm. and i would say 50 to 60 percent of our new customers are through referrals now that's also because we spend so little money on advertising but yes. it's been, be I think that's mainly because we're not, I personally don't know the best way of reaching the new customer when the new customer is only two miles from me. Right. And uh, even social media has a little bit of a tough so, time. So, yeah, there are ways to reach the new customer. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, still, if you're, if you're look, you talked about maybe a couple of miles, I don't know, two, five miles, or whatever the radius is from yeah. your location. Yeah. Um, then you can target. Now, you can target better if there is a, a checklist of criteria, meaning that they don't have an internet service or uh, you know certain internet, internet service providers in certain geography of your target area that uh, underperform or got a brand, uh, you know, not too good service record or something like that. Now we can we can target social media. We can target by address. We can, tar we can target many different ways. Yeah. 
But again, it goes back to the strategy. If we don't understand globally who we are, what we have to really offer that differentiates our service from the next provider, yeah. if we're not clear on that, you're still not efficient. Yeah. Okay. And when you're not efficient, you're talking about spending too much money on an ineffective strategy. Right. Which means your return uh, on investment is not very good. Maybe we should pause one second until that fire engine goes by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, that's what I'm saying. That's why I need a headset. Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit too. I don't know why, but uh, every about two. Well, maybe maybe the area. Yeah. I'm down in the moving toward the Orange County line. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, sometimes it it, it kind of. But anyway, we're getting off on the thing. But this is this is good. I mean, this is something that everybody's challenged with. Yeah. Well, um, and that's why, uh, you know, some of the things that you've said now, I know a lot of people don't. It's not in their, you know, calculus sometimes. <laughs> and um, I really, what I've been preaching is is more of the improve your offering while you have the luxury of time. Um, yes. What what I've been telling people is if I go to your restaurant and, you know, in August and they're allowing people in and everything's sort of copacetic and the food isn't hot and the drink comes late and it takes too long and the waiter gives me the wrong order, I'm not coming back. Oh, without a doubt. You had three months to train and dial it in and what happened during that time you know how how come you know were you cowering in a corner what and i know people will say i was trying to survive yeah yeah well that's this is this is the deal okay let's 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 be frank about it you're always going to have winners and losers yeah. in everything that's our system that's our society right so the winners what do winners do Let's just make it. Let's just break it down to bread and basics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And more work. But, Winners think harder about what they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. Okay. Winners don't whine. <laughs> Winners go to work, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's get real. Yeah. I'm a businessman, but I understand basic principles because I grew up in that. My father was a a business owner. He was an upholstery man. We we lived that as a family. Yeah. That's how that was my initial orientation to small business. That's why I wanted to get into it as a practitioner initially going to school. I, I that's why I went that way. Because I wanted to help small business. I knew the experience with my Yeah. My father wasn't that educated. Yeah. He only went to the eighth grade. But he knew how to build furniture from the ground up. He learned that. Yeah. But he didn't know, you know, he had to learn the other things. And that was a learning for him and our family. We lived it as kids. He didn't know how to go collect from his customers. <laughs> the 20% the, the who didn't pay. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He, that wasn't something he was good at. Right. He didn't, and he didn't like doing it. He liked, he started in our garage. He liked being in the garage, building furniture from the ground up, or repairing this victory. Yeah. Somebody that, you know, 
was all tore up. He would bring it back to life. And uh, that's what he did. Yeah. And I was a kid. I was in there trying to help him, you know, attack me. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's. So now, in order to get beyond that, because everybody who's in business, that's pretty much how you you're doing what you love to do. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, you you got into something that you love to do. Yeah. So, the other stuff is not really either. You really didn't know that much about it, or you had to do it because you're in business now, and I got to make sure you know, account for things, and but it's still not your favorite thing to do. Well, yeah, businesses aren't charities. You. You eventually have to be paid for what you do and and rewarded for your your work product, and the, part of the pitfalls of that is to anticipate that, you know, a small or or a portion of those customers are going to take advantage of you, and it is a school of hard knocks. You you learn that you don't expect it. It, it it's always a you take it personal sometimes and. Yeah, yeah, but you learn it and you move forward. So to get back to your point, your point earlier was on this going to work on this opportunity that you have now to improve mm -hmm. your operations yeah. to be ready for the opening, reopening, right? Yeah. So, so my point is it starts with the grit, right? Yeah. The grit that got you into it you, that's what has to be rebooted first. Mm -hmm. You might have gotten to a level in your business where, you know, it, it wasn't everything wasn't great, but you were doing okay before COVID. Comfortable. And it kind of threw a bump in the road, mm -hmm. which may require you to go back to an energy level that you may not have been putting in your business at that time. Yeah. You're getting, you've been around for 20 years. You're kind of getting mm -hmm. comfortable. <laughs> right, right. I'm just telling you. So here's where I really want to go with this. If, in fact, that's the scenario, and you've been doing it for a while, you're a micro, small business, had you ever really thought about what your exit would be? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't think about what your exit, really, which you should have started when you got in the business, what is my exit going to be? Yeah. What am I, what am I going to exit next to in my life and when is the in, in, intentional date that I would like that to happen? Right. So this is a wake-up call right here. This is a wake-up call for anybody who's been in business for a while, and they have now been hit with COVID-19 as a forced exit, because this is going to force some people out of business, period. Now, would you consider an exit also the possibility of uh, joining up with another business, for example, or uh, be, uh, taking on a partner or taking a, a, a secondary role and letting someone else. Uh, are, are all those possible scenarios? Yeah, they're all possible scenarios of exit. When I talk about exit, it's really what the word we mentioned earlier, in a broader sense, opportunity. Yeah. What is your next opportunity in life going to look like? What do you want it to be? Yeah. When do you want it to happen? Well, this may force some of us, if we think of it in this short period of time, is when do we have to a new opportunity mm -hmm. as an exit? How do I position for that? Well, this is a forced situation. 
Are you are you ready to have a conversation with a merger? Well, you probably weren't ready because you didn't run your financials properly. You don't have a valuation on your business. You don't have processes documented that you can hand off to somebody else. Your your value just went down. Yeah. Tremendously. No, that's that's uh, very true of a lot of small businesses. They sort of reach a sort of plateau and then cruise because they know they can balance the checkbook every week. Right. Oh, here Nothing. it comes again. Yeah, yeah, hold up. That's all right. I don't want to lose that thought because... Yeah, yeah, let's stay with that thought. So let's come back to that. Go ahead where you, you left off. Well, I'm just saying that... Uh, uh, people don't think of themselves as free when they're working in their own business. I, I look at an a entrepreneur, a business owner, a small business owner, as someone who has more freedom to do what they feel is best for them and their company than a lot of other people, than most people. They oh, yes. have the power to decide, I want to merge with this company. I want to buy this company. I want to sell my company. I want to uh, retire to a motorhome. They can do that at any point, but they have to be uh, thinking about it, planning for it, understanding yeah. that that's part of the freedom they chose. That's right. And that's the, that's the opportunity that they have yeah. being a business owner that the average person does not have. <laughs> right. And, and what I see a lot here in San Fernando is people stressing about the, the burden of what they're doing. And mm -hmm. um, that troubles me just a bit because it's difficult to, you know, sort of snap them out of it, you might say. Because they, they don't realize how, how much opportunity they have sometimes. Because it becomes, the stress becomes difficult. Yes. And maybe, yeah. maybe this isn't the best path for them personally. And being able to analyze that is a tough thing. Yeah, well, it, it, it does take support. The first thing is to recognize that I need to take action in that area. Yeah. And then if I don't know how to take action in that area, I need to talk to my advisor. You talk to your CPA. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you talk to folks like myself in these programs that I'm involved in. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get some direction. There are steps. These are steps that you just need to lock yourself in. And once you lock yourself into these steps to be able to position, you will increase the value of what you have today by tomorrow and you will have a venue set into the future. Even if you don't get to that point, you will actually have improved. You yeah. talked about the opportunity for improvement. You would improve just by the discipline that you exercise going forward. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's not necessary to be perfect tomorrow. What's, no. What's necessary is to say to yourself, tomorrow I'm going to be a little better than today. That's and it. The next day, I'm going to be a little better than I am tomorrow. And baby steps, that's how we did it. I mean, we literally said to ourselves, the back room where we store all the gear is a mess. Do you know how much time we spend looking through that room to find a cable? Well, mm -hmm. let's clean it up. 
I think yes. it, it cost us 300 bucks. And it's so nice now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I can't even tell you. Every little thing is in a little container, in a drawer, in a box, in a thing. And everything's labeled. And what happens is people start cleaning up other areas because they start realizing how efficient you can be when it's done right and it mm -hmm. becomes contagious among the employees without having to preach to them to clean stuff up and, and so what you've done is now you've sort of uh multiplied the factor by doing one little thing at a time you've improved everything for time going forward Mm -hmm. And what did that take? That took a small decision, a few bucks in a week. And then we moved on to the next little thing and the next little thing. Yesterday, we made a list of all the little things we've done during, during COVID. And there's 30 things on the list. And now we have mm -hmm. a better offering for our customers. And I, and I really think that even if you're a, a bridal shop or a... a a clothing retailer or a shoe repair place or a, 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 a cleaners, you, you can mm -hmm. benefit from this kind of thing. Absolutely. And Absolutely. You can get I, I, I wanted to give an anecdote. I think of another business. I, I know in town, they're a, a cafe and um, I think they started doing, delivery and pickup like the second day they closed the city <laughs> I mean they literally just transitioned and it wasn't I mean I think they were closed because everybody had to be closed you know, mm -hmm. there was that period of time where nobody could do anything but and then that was like two weeks and then as soon as that was over they were open and they were serving food and they were people were picking up and it was uh uh, it was a great example of someone who was just on it and thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then there, there's the local IHOP in town. Now, they're a franchise, but, you know, they're run very locally. I don't know if you're familiar with the brand or the, the company. Mm -hmm. But the manager in there, I talked to her the other day, and she says, you know, we're doing great. <laughs> and uh, granted, they have fewer employees in the building so that is a bummer but they're staying open so when things increase they can bring those people back and and they're building their branch she said the mother's day over there was the best of any store in the region wow, because they had great. set up they had set up cones in the parking lot and a drive through and they had a kiosk set up out front with tents i mean they were they're ready for people to drive in and pick up and I didn't even know you could call it in and, and get an order. You know, pancakes on pickup? Thanks to, <laughs> thanks to COVID, we got it. <laughs> you got it now. I mean, they figured out a way to do it. And I, I'm so proud of people like that because they, uh, they didn't let it get them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of our message here. And the reason we started doing this series of uh, shows is you know there's a, there's troubles but 
none of them are insurmountable. You know, you, you, there's a way of making it happen. You just got to be ready for it. And thinking about ready. it. And on that note of being ready, I mean, there's some highlights. Yeah, that, that you need to keep in mind. I mean, who's your team? You need to have a team. Right. You know, you got your internal team, your key players, your supervisors, uh, your line people who, who lead the charge. Then you got your external supporters and advisors, you know, your your uh, your CPA, your attorney, uh, your bookkeeper. These are the folks who need to be in the conversation with you. Yeah. Not an after fact, not an afterthought. And because if you... they have resources and they have information to help you strategically. Uh, so the first thing is, is getting your team together on the same page and having that discussion about, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, uh, my existing business model, uh, new products and services, we're going to change our delivery. What if we repurpose different things? I have some proposals. I want to do a cost assessment on that. Right. right. So look at our revenue profile, the mix of our revenue. Yeah, what inventory and operations, how we're handling these things. Right. Our employee situation. These are all the things that these are all the boxes you gotta check. <laughs> your insurance, your your you know, what's what's our financing situation, our our cash flows, our even access, which we know is a challenge, even with PPP, you know, even if we get these external funds, how are we prepared to administer and, and, and deliver compliance on them as a as a micro business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if you don't yeah. have that team together, get it. Yeah, get it. It doesn't cost you anything mm -hmm. to invite your team to the table. <laughs> yeah, and okay? the you got to remember that it doesn't cost you anything to have the conversation about what I think I may need. They're going to give you some advice, and from that conversation, you can actually craft a plan and say, okay, this is what I need. This is what I can afford. And this is, you know, these are the gaps I have, but at least I know what I need and mm -hmm. what I can afford and what I can do myself and what I need somebody else to do. Right. And, and to the smallest of the businesses who might be listening to this, when you say the word attorney or lawyer, they instantly see dollar signs. But, yeah. And I'm saying, no, 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 Tom, yeah. have a conversation. It doesn't cost you for the initial. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's worth getting that initial framework to understand what my exposures are, you know, what some paths are to mitigate my exposures. At least I know what they are. That didn't cost me anything. Yeah. They're going to give you that. Yep. And you might establish a valuable relationship for when you really need a lawyer or a, a CPA. And, Absolutely. And I've always felt that, you know, you're as good. Same thing with a banker. Yeah. You don't want to talk to a banker. You don't want to wait till you need them, yeah. really. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean that's. I, I talked to my banker like the 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 first week, and my CPA the same time. I mean, that and that team there is, and and here's the other thing: everybody knows a lawyer. Everybody's got a cousin who who just yeah. graduated the bar, or a nephew, right. or whatever. That's right. your team, you know? That's your team, man. I'm telling you, yeah. don't wait. <laughs> exactly. Don't wait. Don't wait. So so like we talked earlier, we discussed earlier, opportunity. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity to sort of reset what you need for that future exit. Yeah. 
And the steps that we just outlined are some of the steps you need to take. But there's a whole platform that, that if you're looking at a three-year or whatever, even if it's an immediate exit, yeah. there's an exercise you got to go through if you're looking at merging or partnering or even selling or closing. Yeah, and all those things should be on the table. And, and your, your team, your board of directors, you might want to call it, Yes, is is going to be able to tell you no, no. You you still got money on the table here. Let's keep the enterprise rolling. Let's just figure out how we can make it better. That's right. And and they're going to be able to look at it in ways that you can't, and see it from the outside. That's right. And That's... and a lot of people sometimes take that uh, offense, take offense at that, and they shouldn't. They should look at that as valuable intel. These people are providing me with valuable information. That Agreed. I mean, that's, that's critical, critical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't have soft skin. I mean, you're in business already, so you already got, you're tough. <laughs> you <laughs> already done that. Okay, so that, that shouldn't disturb you in any way. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, these are resources that can come to you at a, a low cost and no cost in many situations just by having a conversation, right. as we're having this morning on this podcast. So. Mm -hmm. I think that, if anything, be encouraged because it's all about your exit. And the exit, as a business owner, it's about your quality of life and the liquidity you need mm -hmm. to ensure that you have that quality of life going forward. Right. Well, we're pushing up against our hour here. So uh, I think, you know, that really, this last five, ten minutes here has really been valuable because I think what, we're talking about here is it there's a lot of factors but it's the biggest factor in making your business a success is you the business owner and how you manage you're like the the pilot of the big ship you know you've got to steer the boat and it's it's up to you and having the right tools to do that is all you really need to consider and I'm hoping that we can have more conversations like this to really give people tools and, and direction so that they, uh, they feel inspired to, you know, be successful. And, Tom, if I could, I, I'd like to make one, one sort of closing comment. Please. You know, it, it's, it's, it's been said uh, by many very successful entrepreneurs over the years that it's not so much about... Uh, the notion or concept of reinventing yourself every time there's some major event or uh, disruption. It's more about seeing your experiences. And this is an entrepreneur. If you're, you sort of have that entrepreneurial blood, it's about a trajectory. It's a traject trajectory of an experience of your life. So your life does not stop with what you may think this business is. Yeah. Your life is, is an evolution of many experiences that you just enjoy the entrepreneurial uh, platform yeah. and you build from plateau to plateau over your life. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's more that journey than it is the one event. Yeah. This is and that. Yeah, that is proven with most all successful entrepreneurs. Well, as usual, well said, Oscar, you've been a, a great guest and uh I hope we can have a few more conversations like this as we move forward through this uh, bizarre event we have to deal with. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Tom, and I look forward to any future invitation.
Well, again, I want to thank Oscar for helping us out. Um, I hope you all enjoyed our show. Uh, we're going to do uh, as many of these as we can. We'll try to make it as weekly as possible. And uh, if you're interested in uh, being a guest on the show, if you'd like us to interview you, your business, if you know somebody who might be able to participate or has some uh, unique and interesting advice, we're always looking for another guest. You can send an email to media at sanfernando.com. This uh, show has been a uh, production of the San Fernando City Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we're trying our best to reach our membership as well as meet, reach all businesses who are uh, both succeeding and struggling. There's always something you can learn as a new business, and we're hoping to uh, provide some of that information here on Small Business Weekly. So, uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next show, and have a great week.